it's time for your favorite Wednesday podcast. It's Between Two Gamers. I'm Liv, and as always, I'm joined by my main man, Fruy. How you doing? I'm all good. How are you? I'm good. Today, we are going to be talking about the Resident Evil 2 remake. As promised, I've been making my way through the series. There has been a little bit of a hiatus due to people moving around and such, but we finally finished the game, and we are going to talk about it. So, spoiler cast. It's all spoilers. What are they going to be free? Spoilers. Spoilers. Okay. Got to make sure people know that because if you feel like we are ruining the game for you, it's a spoiler cast. We are inviting friend of the show, Renegade Operative from Infinite Ammo Syndicate. You should know who he is by now. He's been on a show a couple times. And we're going to bring him in as our Resident Evil 2 expert. So let's throw to that conversation. We're here with Renegade Operative of Infinite Ammo Syndicate to talk about Resident Evil 2. Good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. I am Renegade Operative of the Infinite Ammo Syndicate podcast. And Resident Evil 2 is a fantastic remake and reimagining. And I wanted to give my two cents on it with the gang at Between Two Gamers. So I can't wait for it. We're happy to have you here. You should know who Renegade Operative is. He's been on our podcast a couple of times. From my understanding, you are a Resident Evil connoisseur. You're a brand ambassador or something like that? Yes. uh, The Resident Evil ambassador program is where RE fans can sign up and you sort of rank up on social media by posting uh, a hashtag called REBHFUN. And once you rank up and get more points, you are basically locking yourself in for demos and future releases. Uh, this is how I got into Resident Evil Reverse early, uh, because I, I, I did not expect them to send me a code, but they did, and I managed to play that game and talk about it. Ooh, very nice, very nice. So we have the perfect person to talk about Resident Evil with. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, let's do a slight story recap. As you play as two different characters in this game, you have the choice between Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield. Have both of you played both pathways? Mm, who do you want to start first? You can. Guess of the okay. show. Okay, I guess I can do that. So I have, and basically the differences are, you know, you have your story divergence between Leon going through Resident Evil 2 and trying to figure out what the hell is going on, and then you have the mysterious spy, Ada Wong, uh, that is his supporting character. For Claire, it's like you have the supporting character in Shuri where she's trying to be motherly and take care of the child while her mother's running around and doing things and leaving Shuri behind. So it's sort of funny in a sense, but it gets like sad later on once you play more of the story. Uh, so two different characters, two different like weapon sets as well um, between Leon having like the shotgun, the Magnum and Claire having the spark shot and all this other stuff. So, uh, I, I like the context and differences between both Leon and Claire. And I think if you go down the path of both stories, uh, leads to, uh, trying to get the true ending with it, which is, um, Birkin on the train. And, uh, at first that took me by surprise saying, Oh, you got to play scenario A and B. Cause there's like two scenarios in this game. Uh, A is where it sort of stops and B is where it picks up and you get the true ending. So I thought that was really unique and original, even during the time when they first did it on the PS1 with Resident Evil 2. 
Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> that that part is uh, intense at the end, I would say. Oh, yeah. It's, it's nice because you get to do a little stabby-stabby with Birkin, so it's kind of like cathartic in a sense. But I, I really appreciate they kept that all in and tied it like a neat little bow. Furry, have you played both pathways as well? I did. I did. I did find Claire's a bit more of a struggle compared to Leon's, but I, I managed them. Mm, okay. So let's do a little bit of a deep dive into both characters so people know what their narrative arc is. And as like Renegade Operative said, they do converge at the end if you play both pathways. Would you guys like to start with Leon or Claire? Any preference? Kind of want to start with Leon, but then again, after because I since I'm on the uh, re.net website, I kind of saw uh, how many people played each campaign versus the other one, and Leon's like the most played campaign versus Claire. So I guess oh. that'd, be, that'd be a place to start since we got that tally. Ooh, um, very interesting. So I think it's just him. First day on the job, rookie cop trying to figure out what's going on and everyone telling him or, or warning him because that there's that first stint with Marvin in the police station saying that uh, you shouldn't have came here and I'm now bit and I'm about to die. So I'm screwed either way. And he's trying to sort of coach him into you see a zombie, shoot it in the head. And he's still like, I don't know, this is Liz's favorite baby face Leon. So he doesn't know what the hell's happening. Um, I like that story because it shows that there is a naive side to Leon after playing Ari for so many years. He's like, uh, super agent, untouchable. I can do backflips through lasers now. Uh, and it's just a different side of this character. It shows more tension as to what's going on. Uh, the main thing you're going to have as the meat of the story later on is when he meets Ada for the first time. And they have that sort of interaction. And you can tell it's like, well, Leon's, you know, a little lap dog for Ada. Uh, <laughs> but that's just sort of their dynamic relationship and what he's going through with him and her and how they sort of find out about each other near the end. If you haven't seen the story already, well, uh, she's a spy for Umbrella. and She's trying to get the sample. And Leon, you know, doesn't like that. He was deceived, duped, bamboozled. Um, and I, I do appreciate, like, he tries to save her at the end and he can't cause you know, he's dealing with a collapsing, uh, bridge, so, so to speak. So that's a little bit heavy carrying her and the bridge at the same time, trying to get back up. Uh, and it basically ends with him killing Birkin. Now, typically that's like the ending for both of these stories, but you know, he has a little reminiscing of her on the train and I just felt like that had the emotion of these two characters finally coming together. He can't get what he wants. He knows what he's lost, and he tries to move on, you know, for a better tomorrow for Claire and Sherry. Uh, so that was a little bit of a neat little ending with those two together. And, you know, they try to make it cute and say, uh, you know, Sherry tells him, are, are you and Claire together? And he says, I think we only met yesterday. <laughs> so it's, it's quite wholesome at the end and funny, but I guess... That's what it's meant to be as they survive this nightmare. So that was cool on his behalf. Uh, I guess anyone else can sort of take the floor on that one as well. If they have any feelings about it. That was wonderful. Thank you for that Leon recap. 
I I really wanted Ada and Leon to kiss. Anyone else? Oh, they kind of did, but it's it was basically just we're going to use this kiss as a incentive to go through an onslaught of plants and liquors and zombies throughout the entire lab. So I guess I, I, I made a joke about this earlier in the discord server that we're in for survival horror. I said that was just like superpower when she did that and she <laughs> with all that shit. And it was just so funny to me, in my opinion. Is there anything you would like to add on your Leon playthrough? Any thoughts you had between Ada or Leon? You know, it's just amazing how naive Leon is. Oh yes, it's. I would He's say so it's, bad. it's worse <laughs> in the original. It's, it's way yeah. worse. But yeah, they do make him the ultimate simp boy for Ada, and he's just like, mate, it's going nowhere. It's painfully obvious. I fell into the simp role myself for Ada. I must say, sipping oh, mad God. hard for her. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, she hot. So, to tie in the main narrative arc, you are Leon on your first day of work. Really, you got the short end of the stick, right? I mean, come on, it can't be much worse than that. You uh, are. Oh, you you have a worst first day of work story. They well, it's not just that, but it's a little uh, detail. They actually changed the backstory of this just a little bit. So at first in the original, it was like he was going into his first day of work drunk and depressed because he missed his girlfriend. Uh, In this one, it's like he kind of had an awareness of the outbreak and he was trying to be very valorous and say, "Okay, this is interesting how all these stars members are going missing. Now I really don't want to miss this first day. And they told him not to come in, but he still did anyway. So it's a slight little plot change there. But overall, I, I, I like it because it shows he really cares about what's going on in Raccoon City. Oh, I did not know that. Very interesting. The start of the game's different as well, isn't it? Because yes. their first meeting in the remakes, the gas station. But in the original, it's a diner. Yes, uh, in the yeah. diner, there's Claire, and then this one is the gas station. So it's somewhat, it's virtually like the same scene, just in different places. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. I was a big fan of this game, but we will get to that later on. One yeah. of the toughest sequences for me as Leon was that stupid alligator scene where you're chased by this giant alligator through the, <laughs> the sewers. I died a couple times here. Did anyone have any challenging sequences with Leon, or is everyone just a lot better at this game than me? Hmm. I would say it's it's the sewers. The sewers is, like, the worst part ever because you're dealing with, like, pink bubblegum monsters, and (laughs) they can grab you and constantly just eat up all your defensive items and i i didn't like that part because you're waiting in water and somehow your mobility is like cut in half so i understand that it makes sense realistically but since i can't get away from them properly i'm just stuck wondering oh it's, i'm gonna have this little play fight with this pink monster and he's gonna grab me because i could barely move like 30 percent uh so i i think the sewers is the most annoying part and plus they pop up randomly as well all the time so you don't really know where they are yeah, those gigantic things are apparently hard to see. Yep. They're really and, ugly, too. 
really ugly. <laughs> yeah. So, Ada is a spy. Did you both think that she could turn on you, or were you just as gullible as I was and didn't see that coming? Since I played the original, I, I kind of just already knew. Uh, but if I took the original out of my brain for, like, five seconds, I would say it was quite on the nose. Because the first thing she does is, like, she comes out of nowhere and says she's from the FBI. And I, I thought her saying that she's from the FBI is, like, weird. Uh, and then she's also very antagonistic about it. And that's just one of the personality traits that she had that I was like, this woman is probably up to no good either way. Uh, plus, she's wearing trench coat glasses. So that that already like when someone looks dark and mysterious, that's already like a red flag to me in video games and mysteries in general. Huh. Kind of missed those red flags, Bruce. Have you seen? <laughs> did you notice those red flags that seem glaringly Ugly. obvious? Yeah, she, she is like <laughs> the epitome of the classic noir private detective. All she's missing is that like trilby hat. Yeah, well, they took the hat and they replaced it and put it on Mr. X, which I thought they did. was <laughs> so damn funny. So yeah, Ada's one of them that it's quite obvious to me that she, she will do you dirty eventually. It's just when. I got caught up in those looks, man. Oh, man. Yeah. When she said that, I was like, Ada, how could you do that to me? Uh Liv was just like, she's all sexy. I don't mind. She shoots me in the back. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I love strong, confident women. What can yeah. I say? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Claire has a very different companion as she is protecting a small child named Sherry for the duration of her playthrough. Which she ends up losing to the police chief, which was just so terrible. I was like, I can't believe you're stealing my child. I fell in love with Cherry's character immediately and wanted to make sure to protect her from all costs. And I'm very curious as to what's going to become of Sherry if we see her in future games, which I don't know yet. So we're doing a spoiler cast for Resident Evil 2, not the rest of them. <laughs> but her parents are gone. And all she's got is Claire right now. The One of the main antagonists that pop up in both playthroughs is William Birkin who injects himself with the G virus and he just keeps on mutating and you have to keep fighting in front of Sherry. I mean, it doesn't get much scarring than that. What did you guys make of Claire's playthrough with Sherry compared to Ada? Okay, so this is like the other side of the coin where you have... Uh, there was a nice connectivity just taking like stuff out of my brain about how this is Chris's sister, because originally um, she was not going to be related to Chris. She was like an entirely different character known as Elsa Walker from resident evil 1.5, which is basically the prototype of RE2. Uh, so they changed that for more story significance because they knew that Claire was going to be a more pertinent character later on, which I appreciate it. I also like the fact that she's actively caring for someone as opposed to Leon, where he's like just bumping and meeting into random strangers. Um, this gave this campaign a lot more emotional weight because of that. And you're like, 
okay, I got to protect Shuri at all costs. What am I going to do? Uh, there's all these monsters and creatures roaming around. I need to do the best job I can to be a guardian, uh, which is the best sort of thing about her story. And I also like how Annette Birkin is not antagonistic to Claire as she is to Leon. It, it shows another side to that character, which is probably creating some of the saddest moments in the game where Sherry's mother dies in front of her, which is a very, very hard scene to deal with. So I, I think that Leon, his campaign is great for seeing the introduction of these characters and Claire's campaign is great for seeing the emotional side that you didn't see in some of these other characters that may have been antagonistic in the other campaign. Yeah, well said. I like that emotional side that you were saying. I didn't think of it like that, but reflecting on it, it completely makes sense. Furry, do you have anything you want to add about Claire's campaign with Sherry? Did you feel attachment to Sherry at all, or were you just here to play the game? Oh, I'm just here to play the game, unfortunately. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. Oh, he I wants really to struggled. shoot monsters. <laughs> yeah, I really struggled getting through Claire's campaign in the remake. I got bored. Really? Yeah. Is it because you didn't care about Sherry? To a degree, but um, I don't know. It just felt like like Leon's was that what you expect Resident Evil to be like, just a gung ho. You're doing your job, and like again with Claire, I get why they did it because nothing screams out more like emotional than the woman trying to protect the the to be daughter, if you like. And it's just like, mm, I, I get it. But it just didn't flow as well for me. Furry's here to shoot things and get business done. He doesn't want your fluff story. Yeah, I, I get both sides. I, I see what he's saying. It's like, if you want to play a campaign, it's like, just put a shotgun to a creature's face without any worry, then Leon's campaign yeah. is definitely more duty-based. Yeah. And would you say that's why that campaign's pay, uh, played through more? Probably it's more of so. what you think so of Resident Evil? No, I actually think the reason behind that is because Leon is just simply more popular than Claire. So that's why people probably pick him first, because, I mean, I, I cannot lie that he was in one of the most influential re games out there which is re4 like everyone has a love or affinity for that game that's where the series peaked for a lot of people and that's where they got into it so i'm not surprised that people pick leon because oh re4 he jumps through lasers let me pick him except in this game he doesn't he just takes a zombie bite like a champ yeah like a champ in, in their like animated series and stuff leon's a lot more prominent oh okay so he's the face of the franchise? No. One of the faces of the franchise, yes. I would say. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, coming into the Resident Evil series, we are going to be playing the games in order. So all I know going into this franchise was Jill Valentine and Leon Kennedy. Those were the two characters I knew of before playing through those games. So that's why I guessed he was a franchise face. <laughs> Yeah, the pillars of Ari is Jill, Chris, and Leon, in my opinion. Also, Wesker. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because Wesker's also still super popular. Okay, okay. 
So to wrap up Claire's side of the story, Sherry ends up getting infected and her closing sequence is going around and trying to find a cure for Sherry. But let's talk about her parents, Annette and William Birkin. What did you make of him just taking the virus? Like, I thought that was literally crazy. Anyone have any thoughts on that? I guess I'll go real quick. I I think it was just a desperation thing. Like, he was already shot uh, after he basically was trying to get out and get away from Umbrella because Umbrella was like already on him and his attempts with the G-Virus and trying to make that stronger than T. And they basically wanted that. So they kept tabs on him for the longest time. They were like, you know, you're, you're not getting away with this. We, we got the phone lines bugged and everything. Uh, and he tried to pull a fast one and it didn't happen. So Hunk's team basically got the drop on him and they shot him. And he was like, you know what? I'm not going out like that. I'm going to inject myself. And this is when things started to get crazy because G is known for basically mutating the cells over and over again. And it doesn't stop until, you know, the victim is like 100% super dead. So uh, that's what makes G interesting. It, it just keeps going. It never stops. So I thought it was a crazy sequence, but desperation kicks in. I can I can sort of understand it. Yeah, fair enough. On his own terms. Yep. Well, he, I mean, he's not really going out though. He's he's taking people out for sure. <laughs> he, he's definitely yeah, but... going with a fight. Yeah. Oh, he his gigantic arm with the eye on it was just so gross, in my opinion. How they did that? Because I... it's when it, when you go from the PS One to that, it is absolutely disgusting. But it's supposed to be because um new graphics and the horror and everything so i i really like how they just updated everything to be very good and gross looking so one enemy that is a presence in both campaigns that we haven't touched on yet mm -hmm. is tyrant and i found this man so annoying to deal with i don't know if either of you had trouble with him but I would hear his footsteps and I would think that he's really far away. I think he was really close to me, but he ended up being really far away. And I couldn't really locate him. I did play with headphones, but if I was on one floor and he might be below me, but it sounded like he was on my floor. Did anyone have any problems dealing with Tyrant? Hmm. In situations, yes, and in others, no. I, I feel like Mr. X can be easily dealt with if you know the map. Um, you can duck in the safe rooms and he can't get in there, but he will try to punch through the door. You can throw grenades, which stuns him like a long time, in my opinion, to get away. And in Claire's campaign, she gets access to the SMG and you can update it with like a silence, like sort of uh, silencer on the end where once you shoot it at routine enemies, Mr. X will not hear it. He will be 100% oblivious to you doing that. So I, I think there's a lot of ways to deal with them. And then there's things where it's like, I'm stuck in a room with a zombie, a liquor, and Mr. X is close to me. I'm dealing with like three enemies at the same time. If that happens, basically, I think Leon and Claire is dead. It's time to reset. Uh, because I had situations like that where it's like a three-way, four-way conflict, and I, I can't deal with it. 
I rounded the corner so many times into this man and I had to do a nope 180 and run away. Like shooting off his hat. That's like the best experience in the world. Like who gets the shot off his hat first? And he just like sort of says, oh, what happened? I guess I'm going to walk towards you now. That's just the funniest moment ever. Oh, yeah. I shot off his hat for sure. Got to get my trophies when I can. <laughs> yeah. Free, how did you deal with him? Probably much better it, than I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of it comes down to like, like Renegade said, like knowing your map. So if you can find like the loot rounds and stuff, he's not really that big a deal. It is more just that when you you don't know he's there and you'll open the door and he just comes like he's just there waiting on the other side it is just that nope shut the door run away <laughs> more of a nuisance than really a difficult yeah. boss to deal with yeah the pain um especially when he's in places where you need to go and he's standing there menacingly and it's like ah oh, will you please move so i have to <laughs> either go the alternate way or just wait for him to get out of the way yeah yeah he was he always seemed to know where i needed to go in my, when i was playing for sure i also want to touch on the liquors before we move on because i thought they were so gross i feel like they so far i've only played the first two. I mean, I have finished Resident Evil 3 recently, but we're not going to talk about that yet because this is a Resident Evil 2 podcast. But the the enemy differentiation between the first and the second game was crazy. Like, I feel like the enemies that they introduce are just so random. <laughs> like, how does this virus actually spread, right? It's not... Like, in The Last of Us, you could tell, like, oh, yeah, that's a clicker. Now it's a big clicker. This is just, okay, we have a an alligator in the sewer we got this liquor thing on the ceiling what do you recall your first impressions with the new enemies in this game i do and i i guess since i played the original i was just more confused about their placement and where they were and the new functionalities of the game because they basically reimagined everything and it's like my muscle memory is not going to help me because I don't know where this liquor is. Uh, I, I think a big example is when the liquor first appears in the first floor in the original. In the remake, that doesn't happen. It's the second floor. So stuff like that that they do where it's like, I remember this, but it's in a different place. And that's the stuff that scares me the most when they do these remakes. Like, this happened exactly where it was, but it's 100% different. Uh, so that's the one thing I'm worried about with these monsters. As for how they act, I guess, after a while, it, it started to become familiar to me. So it wasn't that bad, but I do remember my first time I was screaming like a baby. So I guess if they wanted to accomplish that, they certainly did. Free, <laughs> anything you want to add on enemies before we wrap up the story recap for them? No, it's uh, like you said, it, how things were the same but so different. And when you got a couple of liquors together and you shot on ammo, that was like just a pure nightmare. <laughs> yeah, those things are gross looking. So Claire and Leon, they do escape. Everyone makes it out by the skin of their teeth. And Birkin's not done with you. 
that train sequence where you he is absorbing the train felt so crazy and ridiculous to me. But what did you guys make of that last boss fight, so to speak? I knew that after you see them uh, on the train and they play the happy tone, I, I knew it wasn't over. I was like, this is typical, like, it's like that movie Scream where they said, oh, the killer comes back for one last scare. I'm like, no, it's not going to end all happy. He's going to come back one more time. And lo and behold, he did. Uh, so I kind of saw it coming, but the the sheer nature of him consuming the train and, you know, eyeballs everywhere, it was just absolute bonkers. And I think, you know, that was the intention, like, how far is this monster going to go before it finally dies? Um, so what they accomplished there was just magnificent from, like, a horror perspective, from how they're doing this with how he looks, because at this point, he's not even barely recognizable I, I i like each phase he has he loses more humanity as it goes on yeah he definitely does <laughs> yep, now he's just he, he first looks semi-human now he's just a giant blob head monster and it's all forms of disgusting free what'd you make of that last sequence yeah it's an experience to say the least the transformations yes. <laughs> again is just mind-boggling. Like whoever come up with like the G virus and the what they thought would be the ideal end boss, yeah, they had some weird things. Yeah, they that just him consuming the train. I was like, this is nuts. <laughs> but then their story ends and they go off into the sunset. And get flipped off by a trucker, which I thought was hilarious. Rip oh, yeah. the trucker. That happening. <laughs> He's yeah. like, I don't want none of this. Uh, you guys are probably infected, so goodbye. Yeah, they were just trying to warn him. And they're like, ah, I'm not picking you up. And he definitely drove into his death. Or did he? So he safely got out of there. He was smart. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, maybe we won't. I don't know. <laughs> but... <laughs> We've compared Claire and Leon's story. So did either one of you have a preference? I, I think Faruz was pretty strong. He said Leon. Yeah. <laughs> Renegade Operative, did you have a preference between the two or did you enjoy both? Uh, I really liked that Claire was... Basically, her weapons like stunlocked the bosses. Uh, but Leon's... I don't know. I kind of grew up with Leon's campaign. Maybe it's just me, but it's just like... I felt that it was a nice addition to not only trying to do something different, but he's one of my favorite characters. So if I would pick, it would be him. But I, I did have fun with Claire's campaign. It, it, the, the way the game was made, it was made for replay value. So um, if you like one, you can do this one. If you don't like one, you can just do your favorite character first. And that's the best setup. It's like the best of both worlds. Yeah, I think I liked playing as both of them. I don't really have a preference to either one of them. I thought that each companion brought something different to your playthrough. That's very unique. And yes, this game is absolutely meant for you to play multiple times. And it rewards you for doing so, where it adds on to the story. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, I have not played the original. So, I've only played the remake. So, I want you to... I'm going to throw to you two, and I want to learn about the differences. So... Would you, what's different, guys? Inform me. 
Oh boy, this is interesting. I'll try to keep mine brief, but I think the big thing is they have this mechanic called zapping. And for the uninitiated, that is basically where you can actually share weapons between Leon and Claire uh, during the campaign. This is not in the reimagining at all. Um, and it was basically, hey, I want to leave a submachine gun. Should I take this side pack and get more items or leave the submachine gun for the secondary character? And they'll present you that choice, but you can also be like, I'm going to be a scumbag and take everything, but for the second character, they won't have any of those items. And that was a very unique thing that they did that did not come back. Uh, they only do it a few times in the original game, but it still is a feature that was missing. Uh, the second one is that they did this thing called A and B scenarios where um, things would sort of change around on your playthroughs. They call them first runs and second runs in this game. However, they do not function the same as the original. In the original, you would play on scenario B, and sometimes a monster would be in a more mutated state like Birkin. So he would be in his level 3 state earlier in the game than you would, you would basically least anticipate it. Uh, and that was kind of amazing because it basically kept you on your toes early and you had mutated bosses that would appear earlier than later. So uh, it's one of those things that the community raved about when it was cut from the remake. But uh, that's something that the original did that was very unique. And I would encourage people if they could to go back and play it and see the major changes. Yeah, that's a, that's a big change there, screwing over your second character. <laughs> oh yeah, but it's like you can also leave them uh, the stuff as well, and they could do things like, hey, I'll, I'll put my hand on a fingerprint, and then the second character has to do it in their campaign, and that will give you more weapons or items. Uh, so it's, it was very unique for the time, and it kind of is a little bit disappointing that they did not expand upon that. Furry, anything you want to add about the original game? I mean, uh, you've got... So, Mr. X or the Tyrant, there was only one in the original, where in the remake there's two. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, so uh, the first one drops into the RPD, like the original 98 game, but he gets um, murdered by Birkin, but then Annette Birkin releases the second one when you go into the sewers. Yeah, because I always thought that was strange where uh, I think the tyrant gets torn in half. And I was like, was there one tyrant before? I, I wasn't sure, but then I remember there's multiple tyrants. So that was just a product of what was going on in the game. Yeah, so that was one of the differences. And then Ada's motives were a bit different. So when you're introduced to Ada in the original, she's just or she's posing as a civilian looking for her boyfriend. If I yes. remember it right, yeah. And oh. then this one, she's obviously there as I'm an FBI agent. And you're a bit like, okay, it's a, it's quite a drastic career change. <laughs> <laughs> so looking for her boyfriend is a career. Well, she's not an FBI agent at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but then the like, the sewers and the labs are different. So obviously the the more expanded, there's more to them in the remake than the original. And obviously, like we always said, like the second tyrant with like that mini boss on the lift from the sewers and stuff. So 
yeah, there was some nice differences, but then some of them were like really out there compared to the original. Okay, so since you guys played both, I can't speak to this. Did you have a preference to the original over the remake or vice versa? Or do you like them both equally for what they are? I like them both equally. I, I think there is things that complement the original RE2, like I said, with the um, fact that they do A and B scenarios better. And there's things that complement like it basically complements the remake better like the the graphics and the controls and it just overall feels better to play as a video game uh so i there's things i like and dislike between the two but overall i really do like both games i i, I think they're amazing games and i think on on, on a like rainy sunday I, I pop in the original from time to time and see how it is uh same for the remake as well it's it, i'm playing it right now actually as i do this podcast uh so it's it they're very great experiences i think if you grew up with the original you might have some more preference to some of the things that have been there but if you also like the remake that's also totally fine bruce uh it's, oh i don't actually know i think the first the original makes a better deal of like the atmosphere and the tension compared to the remake but then the remake is just so much easier just to sit down and play yeah because it's more modern yeah it has that modern modernized aspect to it and honestly that's people say that's not appreciated but it really is because it feels smooth like butter and that's just that's just like the name of the game for actually picking up and playing it i but if you're looking for like more content and how they did changes to the overall story with a and b scenarios for both characters then definitely pick up the original and see what is different yeah it sounds like there's quite a bit of change between the two Mm -hmm. all right let's round this out what was everyone's favorite part? It could be story-oriented, combat-oriented, anything anyone wants to call attention to. Hmm. That's a lot of moments in this game, so let me think. I would say I really liked the moment where... It's a change, too, because in the original story for Leon, uh, they made him super simp. Uh, where he said, oh, I know Ada, and I I will not question her motives, and we only met for like five minutes. So one change I liked is that Leon actually takes Annette's advice to heart, and he says, you know, Annette told me this, he said, you're a spy, and then he pulls his gun out and defends himself and says, you know what, you're going to drop that gun right now, and you're going to give up the charade. And I, I, I thought that was brilliant because he was finally standing up for himself and it wasn't like the original where he's like completely you know merciless to ada um or 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 should i say like he's at her mercy it's it's great it's a great scene great acting everything i I think the way they did that change was very good him being more aware free what's your favorite part 
I would probably have to say where you get introduced to the crocodile because of how weird that was. Yeah? What did you like about it? It was just out of nowhere. Like, why why would you be getting chased by a crocodile that size? (laughs) Why is any of this happening? I mean... (laughs) But there's no kind of lead up to it. It's just, I'm in a sewer and then that's it. I've got room for my life because this thing that can barely fit through the sewer is right behind me. Yeah, fair enough. I was like, what is going on when that happened? I didn't expect that at all. It's funny how Leon dropped in the sewage and Ada was like, I'm just going to stay on this catwalk. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. I, I just like, all right. I mean, smart. Who wants to go through a bunch of shit? <laughs> uh, Mr. Leon does, apparently, which is know, yeah. why it's so hilarious. He's like, ah, yeah, this is my colleague. Trying to prove his devotion to Ada. Oh, yes, sure. That's the way you get women nowadays. <laughs> oh, that's funny. My favorite part about this game is after playing the first Resident Evil game, I wasn't really sure what to expect in the next game because I felt like the first game was a bunch of puzzles with very little direction. And I liked that this game, like the puzzles felt more entwined with like the story and it felt like I knew what I should be doing. But I think I just like that linear gameplay. Like I do like open world games or semi-open world games, but in the first game I was kind of not into it. So I would say that this game hooked me. And it could just be because it's more modern than the first game. But I wanted to keep playing the series. I would say it's purely because of that because I know how much of a graphical snob you are. Yeah, but wouldn't you say that you there's less direction in the first game? Yeah, but a lot of it is because you've gone into the mansion that is designed to be a secret. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, okay. So, yeah. After that first game, I was like, okay, we're going to play the second game and see how it goes. And then after playing it, I was into it. So, I had a similar feeling with Uncharted, the first Uncharted. I, I was like, eh, okay, like I'll play the second game and see if I like it, and that's the game that like got me into the rest of it. So, were you guys both on board with Resident Evil immediately after playing the first game, or what was your opinion? Well, I mean, I started different. I, I didn't start in order. I think my first RE was like Cove Veronica X. Okay. So- that game, and hopefully Liv gets around to playing that one, but that game is hard. Uh, oh, very, boy. Very, very challenging. And at first, I wasn't feeling it, but later on, I did have a similar experience where I'm like, I regressed and played RE2, and that one was the one that resonated to me a lot more. So sometimes that can happen where it's like, uh, one game might turn you off in the series, but the next game, or if you go backwards and like I did and play RE2, then I'm like, oh, this is heavenly. They they got most of the core mechanics right in balance, and that's what I really appreciate about it. Yeah, uh, I think Code Veronica X is not on Steam, so I don't know how I would acquire playing that. But If, if you play it, you're probably going to be on this podcast saying the same thing that I did about it being hard, <laughs> because it definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> yikes. Yikes, they yikes, yikes. They need to do a remake for that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
Yeah, I feel like a lot of people have been saying that recently, especially in our podcast server. <laughs> so, they have, but a couple of people are very disgruntled because RE got it first, uh, RE4, and I'm like, it's RE4, so it's super popular, so I can kind of see why. Uh, but I think Capcom knows what they're doing with these remakes, so the trend will continue, and I have a feeling they eventually will hit Co-Veronica sooner or later. That is a Renegade operative prediction. Oh, oh yeah. He, <laughs> he said it here first, guys. It's on <laughs> its way, potentially, subject to change without notice. But, <laughs> so we talked about our favorite parts. Does anyone have a part that they were not fond of or didn't like in either one of the games? Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna break this down as remake and original. Okay. In the in the remake, I kinda I kinda don't like the parking lot. You gotta go find the four panels and everything. Because I feel like it's a bit too drawn out for his own good. And I don't like the dogs in this game. I feel like they're super annoying, especially on hardcore, which a dog will try to bite Leon's neck and he's about to die. So I'm like, it, that part is extremely frustrating in my opinion. And I, I just don't think it's well spaced out compared to the other parts of the game. Uh, the part that I don't like in the original probably involves, uh, I would say the lab. Some of the lab is a little bit because you fight a moth that they don't do anything with. And he's on the wall, just chilling. And he dies in like two hits. And I was like, that's kind of a little bit underwhelming. And then they do cool things with the plants. But in the original, I, I just didn't find them enjoyable. Like they just spit poison and that's it. And you just uh, well on them with a shotgun. So they were kind of like tanks. It was just not a brilliant enemy encounter. But I did like the bosses at the end. I thought that kind of saved it. All right. Bruce? Do you have a least I'll, favorite I'll part? Agree, I'll agree with both of those. Like, I, I feel like the plants and stuff were just shoehorned in the original just to be a pain in the ass to try and get you to waste so much stuff before you get to a boss. And oh, in okay. the remake of the dogs, it felt yeah. like that was the only part they thought to use the dogs. So it's like we've got to shoehorn this in because people will, will be expecting dogs. And he was just like, okay, but you could have potentially used these better in different areas and gone away from the original and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and the flamethrower in the original is so bad because <laughs> the the enemy loop that they try to do with the plants and Leon and the flamethrower is that the plants are long-range enemies. The flamethrower is a short-range weapon. Yeah. You have to get close to the plant to use it while taking damage while being poisoned and all this stuff and it just ends in disaster in my opinion <laughs> okay yeah i you guys agree on a lot of the stuff between the two mm -hmm. my least favorite part was a particular fight where <laughs> you're fighting birkin and you have to time it with this big cargo thing to hit him I struggled immensely with the timing of stunning him and then pressing the button and have it swing and hit him. The fact that I had to do that multiple times was awful. Do you guys recall what fight I'm talking about? 
uh, you're talking about G2 Birkin on the container, and I did not like that either because the the space to run is very short Narrow. and small. Yeah, and it's, and it's like, how am I going to deal with this big boss and get around him when I I can move and I'm like, you know, two feet nothing. Uh, originally in the beta for because they have like roundtable discussions on YouTube, which I would recommend for RE2 remake. That area was a lot bigger, and you can move around and do stuff in. And they just decided last minute we're gonna make it very small, very narrow, very tense, and try to use a container during that. I I think the wide open space, if they did it right, that would have been a better idea overall. Yeah, I could have definitely used with more space. <laughs> Yep. I got shit slapped out of me too often. I had a moment where Birkin grabbed me. I activated the container and both of us, like we both <laughs> died. It was like, it was like a double kill. We got yeeted. <laughs> nice. All right. To round out the Resident Evil 2 discussion, what would you rate the game out of 10? One being the worst thing you've ever played in your whole life and 10 being the best thing since sliced bread. Feel free to rate the remake, the remake and the original. Honestly, if I'm being honest, I would give them both nines. I think okay. they're that good. Okay, uh, so you like them both equally. Yep. Bruce? I'll go a nine for the remake and an eight for the original. Okay, so why are you changing it? It's literally just because of the playability. That would okay. be the only thing stopping me giving them both solid nines. I mean, if you go from at the times, they'd probably be like a nine or a ten, but for the original. But comparing it now, like I would quite happily sit down and replay the second one on a PS1 and whatnot, no doubt. But having to deal with those controls and that now would be painful that uh because i mean some people um they will have an affinity for the original say it's the best thing ever and, and i get that i i like to play games and program my brain at the time that i play them whether it be the 90s or classics but i understand that we have clearly evolved uh past certain things like tank controls and fixed camera and just overall how you know things are a lot more smoother in transition. So I can see someone saying, hey, this has not aged too well, or this part hasn't aged too well, but it's still a fantastic experience, you know. I think I would give this game an 8. Definitely, I would give it a 10 over the first game. But yeah, I'm excited to see where the series goes. So... I will be playing more Resident Evil for this podcast, as I had promised last year. <laughs> so I think that wraps up our Resident Evil 2 discussion. Renegade Operative, thank you for coming on and discussing this game with us. Tell the people where they can find you. Oh, you can find me on YouTube at Renegade Operative. You can find me on Twitch at Renegade underscore Operative. And you can find me at the Infinite Ammo Syndicate at the Infinite Ammo Syndicate on YouTube. Thank you for coming on with us. This was a lot of fun. Oh, no problem. Anytime. I, I appreciate it. And Liv, get to that backlog. I'm working <laughs> on it. You too. Everybody work on your backlogs.
thank you, Renegade Operative, for joining us today to talk about Resident Evil 2. And now, it is time for Furry to stump me in this week's trivia question. What do you got for me? All right. What female character that started in a Resident Evil 2 spin-off on the PlayStation 2 is re- referenced by having her name on a plaque on a desk in the Resident Evil 2 remake? Wow. Very specific. Can't say for sure if I read the plaques on the desks. Uh, is she a character that is in, featured in other games? Or is it just no, a random just name? spin-off. Okay. She's a spin-off character. Okay. So, let's think of generic girl names, because I feel like none of the girl names in this series are all that exotic. So, um, hmm. Does it start with the first letter of the alphabet? <laughs> the last, or like, first half of the alphabet or last half of the alphabet? Last half. Last half. Hmm. Samantha. No. Was it close? Well, not really. No. Well, Rebecca is in Resident Evil 1, so it's not going to be her. Um, <laughs> do I get a hint for this? There's so many names out there, man. Well, it begins with an R. Oh, it does begin with and an R. And the surname begins with a P. Well, last names could be anything. So, it starts with an R. Girl names that start with an R. Ruby. No. What other girl names start with an R? <laughs> it's not Rebecca, right? <laughs> nope. Okay. Ruth. Nope. Hmm. Second letter? <laughs> no. Just Fine. R. It, it's four letters. Her first four name. Four letters. Roxy. No. <laughs> mm. I don't think we're going to get it. What is it? Rita Phillips. Rita! That was too exotic for what I was thinking <laughs> for Resident Evil, Resident Evil Phillips. Hmm. Same. She appeared in a one-shot demo that was released for the Resident Evil 2 remake, and people were quick to point out a reference to the Resident Evil Outbreak File 2 character, which was Rita Phillips. She was an officer at the Raccoon City Police Department, she ultimately escapes Raccoon City, but her fate afterwards is unknown. Ooh. So what is this spin-off demo thing that you're talking about? So do you know like you've got Code Veronica and stuff like that? It's, it's just yes. not a main Resident Evil series. So it's oh. like DLCs and bits like that. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Have you played it? I have not. Would you like to? Maybe. Maybe one day, if it ever comes to PC. Maybe it is. Who knows? That was a very niche question. I don't think I had any hope. But, you know, I think I threw out some good names that started with an R. Samantha was close to R, in my opinion. (laughs) So, that does it for this week's episode of Between Two Gamers. We will be carrying on with our Resident Evil series soon, as I have recently finished Resident Evil 3. You can find Between Two Gamers on all podcasting platforms. If you want to see our beautiful faces, check out our YouTube channel. You can also find Between Two Gamers on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thank you for listening, and we will see you Friday for The Buzz Between.